Ladies and gents, and welcome to the Red Voices podcast. Uh, it's Kevin here in charge for the week, uh, Mr. Ewan Leonard. He's just being rested, but the two people that are joining me are f- much, much more than just rotation options. First and foremost, Rich. How are you, my man? Hello, I'm not too bad. How are you? I am not too bad. You know, my mum used to always say to me when I'd, people say, how are you, Kevin? I'd say, not bad. She'd say, Kev, don't tell him what you're not. Tell him what you are. So how are you? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Right, you're not going to answer me. Fair enough. Harriet, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's what see. Harriet knew what she was going to do. Um, Harriet. I'm going to go sit in the dancer's corner, don't worry. <laughs> Harriet, you're good. That's good. Uh, I how's am the good. Wrist? Thank you very how's much. How's the wrist healing up? It's it's getting there. It's getting there. Uh, only 16 more days uh, till, it, till the cast comes off. So looking forward to that day very much. There we are. There we are. Okay, guys. That's about 64 seconds of general waffle. Let's get right into it. Um, the Watford game. We won. We won finally, and I believe we're now in a position where we're two points off second, along with four other teams. Uh, hard to believe it's all come to this. Rich, what did you make of the game? I think it was a promising performance. Um, I mean, who who would have imagined that if we played our, our best four forward players that we'd actually be better at going forward? But uh, we did. And I think what was promising about it particularly was that the first half of home matches, we got into the habit of just drifting through them. And that because we've had this issue with drawing games at home, the longer the game's gone on, the more the pressure's risen and we get into a rut where we get increasingly desperate and the crowd crowd goes away as well. And what was really good about it was the first 20 minutes were quite, were relatively, um, relatively low tempo, but then we really raised it and we must have had five or six really pretty decent chances before we actually scored the goal. So it's, it was it was really good to see us actually go at, go at the throat of a team in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, what did you think of the starting lineup when we got started? I think it's what most people wanted to see, really, given given the players we've got. We've all wanted to see Antti and Martial back in the team, just because you know we've had this issue with scoring and Rashford hasn't really um, lit us up on the left hand side, and we've just we we just got these you know that that Ibrahimovic, Martial, Mkhitaryan matter front four is the four with most goals in it, unquestionably the four with most goals in it, the most creativity and talent. And so it was just really good finally to see Martial thrown into that into into that quartet and just just let go. And we I think we really got from those four what we hoped we would get when we saw them together. Um, Harriet, what was your general observations of that first half, or or even just the openings of that game? Yeah, I think it was good to see. Obviously, as Rich says, but uh, Anthony Marshall back in the team. Uh, I think he needed some time to play and express himself. Um, and I think opportunity against Watford at home is is a game where he could and should and did um make the most of it um I think that quartet again as you say Mata Martial Mkhitaryan it was really good I think the combination play between Mata and Mkhitaryan is what's been really pleasing in the last few weeks is that I think to start with in at the beginning of the season they weren't really playing um one was playing and perhaps subbing on for the other um or vice versa, whatever, um, and we weren't really seeing them together. And I think now we've really seen what they can do. 
Um, I mean, last week at Leicester, and this week uh, that the the build up play um, yesterday was was pretty pretty decent and easy on the eye, let's say, because they both have phenomenal first touches and and the vision as well that quite a lot of other players, I'd say, I'm going to be bold here, quite a lot of players in the league don't have, not just at United, that they have a vision that other players in the league just don't have. They're, they're a step above uh, in terms of things and movements and kind of link-ups that they see way before anybody else does. And, you know, watching that yesterday was was uh, pretty decent, let's say. Yeah, I'd agree. I thought, um, just on your point around the link-up play and the combination play, I thought Juan Mata particularly had some absolute moments of brilliance, especially out kind of just to that right-hand side, interchanges with um, Antonio Valencia, interchanges with Zlatan occasionally. And yet, when Mkhitaryan drifted over as well, it was he had one of those games, and they don't come... It, it's quite strange, because I'm a huge Juan Mata fan, but also, such as the rest of the attacking talent that we have that I'm I'm not necessarily in the place where I'm that annoyed or making that asking that many questions when he gets left out anymore but um some of the combination play he had yesterday and of course the first goal which we'll get on to um which he also played a key part in the build up to yeah it was just one of those games where you go why don't we play him more often and and you know he does play quite regularly but it, it's interesting I'm not sure he's in anybody's best united team is he um, or maybe you know, feel free to disagree with me, Rich. What what are your thoughts on Juan Mata? I think he's he's a he's a player that everybody loves. We love him as a as a human being, and we you know we can see that he's incredibly technically gifted. And I but I think for him to succeed in any team, the balance of the, the balance of the attack needs to be right. And I think what we saw on on Saturday with with their front four with Martial, you you have pace on one side, which he doesn't have. If you don't if you don't have someone with real genuine pace in the attack. Then, if you play matter, then you you tend to um, completely take away your ability to to counter attack. Um, and I think he he's been given quite a free role. I mean, he starts he starts on the right, but he tends to drift all around the pitch, and that's his real real value. He's brilliant at finding little holes, and as you say, sort of first touch football and just just finding space. And he's such a goal threat for you know for for an attacking midfielder. He's just he he's certainly I think he'd say I'd say he's the most intelligent intelligent attacking player we've got at the club. It's just a shame he can't run faster. That's the only thing you can say, can't you? It is quite interesting because in in many ways you look at the numbers he puts up in terms of goals and assists from his position and, and you look at a game like yesterday and you say, well, actually, what does he need to do to be considered a key player for this team? And I, he's a key player in our squad, don't get me wrong, but, you know, again, just is is he a key player in the starting 11. It's, it probably depends on who you ask. It's probably a very subjective thing, as, as all these things kind of are. Yeah, in many ways, he's only as good as the dynamism and the movement of the players around him in that way. And, and it's probably no surprise that now that we're seeing Martial uh, on one side of him, we're seeing uh, you know Antonio Valencia back to some very good form on the right-hand side. And, and just the team in general being a bit more... Yeah, assertive and and fluid. We're probably now starting to see the best from him. Um, I always questioned whether um Juan Mata would have a significant part to play in a successful United team because I thought whilst he was one of our best creative players in you know the 
couple of years we spent in the absolute doldrums there, I did question whether or not the team wouldn't improve beyond him as we got to back to challenging again. So it's good, it's good to see him still involved, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, Harriet, talk me through that first goal. Uh, he, he was involved in the build-up, and he finished it. Very kind of well-deserved goal. It was. What, what did you make of the, of the going on that goal? Um, I think like we've been knocking on the door for a, for a little bit beforehand, hadn't we? Um, just with a, a few, bit. yeah, just 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 a smidge. Um, <laughs> with a few a few opportunities like with um, Valencia setting up Pogba, that would have been. Can you imagine that would have been an amazing goal? Um, but I mean, the build up to to Mata's goal yesterday, um, like we were saying with the with the link up play between that front four. Um, who set who uh, set him up? Who was it? Toto Martial. Martial, yeah, I thought it was. It's good, you know, get an assist and a goal for him as well. We'll get on to the second one. But, um, yeah, I mean, the movement of him just bombing into the box as well. I mean, not bombing because, you know, he doesn't really bomb. Um, he can't really um, sprint as quickly as some of the others, let's say. But um, the cutback was just laid on for him, wasn't it? And losing his boot, everybody thought that was a bit of a, um, a setup. But he literally just lost his boot and thought, I really want to celebrate. I'm just going to take it off so I can. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it had been coming, and it was a, a decent finish, especially because I think Zlatan was uh, in the way to start with, but it went past him, and and he he knocked it in. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Zlatan being in the way a little bit later. So yeah, one uh, nil um, could have been three or four nil at that point. Um, second half it didn't quite resumed the way that you would have hoped it would. No, I mean, uh, Matt Sari made the change and uh, brought on Yamat and changed two, uh, I think they changed three at the back and, and, the, and two sort of wing-backs. And I think it took United a while to adjust to that and Watford had quite a lot of lot of good possession. Um, we ne- we didn't at any point look incredibly incredibly sturdy at the back without, um, you know, Watford did create a few reasonable uh, chances, reasonable positions. Um, you know, that, that's really the only... The only negative of the performance was just that at times we we, we were a little open at the back. When Zarate um, hit that free kick and and De Gea had to save it, I thought, oh, it, it could ve- it, all it well, takes that, is one chance, right? Well, yeah, I mean, but that's the value of De Gea, isn't it? He had hardly nothing to do all day. I think there was the overhead kick that he had to to catch, which really straight at him in the first half. But he he, he just produced one amazing save, the the one real thing he had to do all day. Um, they, you know, but the thing about United at the moment is, even even yesterday, we we don't um, we don't generally put teams away as as well as our our the number of chances we create um, dictates, and so there's always that chance, and we've been caught a few times, uh, particularly early in the season, by um, by an equalising goal when we really should have been out of sight, and there was always that threat, um, and and Blint was having a bit of a difficult time on. On the left hand side, up against up against Niang, they moved Niang there um, in the second half. Um, so we were never quite never quite on top of the game as we were in the first half. But obviously, as Watford chased chased the, an equalising goal, they were just ripe for the counter attack and ripe for anti Martial really, which you know was essentially where where his goal ultimately came from. It was uh, very cathartic to see that go into the back of the net, wasn't it? It was like it was like for me, it was just like an exhale. It was like. Ah. Maybe he won't get dropped now, <laughs> and yeah. look, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in more detail. But it was it was a well deserved goal. Um, what what did you make of of Martial's performance in general yesterday? Anyone? 
Um, I think generally, you know, he he had a really bright game. We've seen in the last few weeks when he's played, he's been more like himself. He's been running at defenders. Early in the season, when he got when he did get game time, he he tended he was running down blind alleys and running into players, and you could see his confidence was slow, scuffing finishes. But yesterday, he really looked like his old self, and it made such a difference for United, particularly on the break, to have a player of his pace, um, really playing somewhere near the top of his game, and he absolutely terrified Watford down the left, their right hand side, um, and I would say he was probably United's best player, although there were there were quite a few candidates, but probably United's best player and as you say he really deserved that goal and I think it was as cathartic for him as it was for for the rest of us um, and it will just be interesting to see whether he does play uh, against Saint-Étienne because I don't, he can't really do any more uh, you know Mourinho challenged him to have to have an exceptional game and in, in that circumstance he played him again he played very well against Wigan didn't get picked against Hull and then I think pointedly was left on the bench in that game as well so I don't think he could have done a lot more against Watford than he did and I think he'll be disappointed and will be disappointed if he doesn't stay in the team for uh, St. Etienne on Thursday. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, a gentleman on Twitter that you probably all follow um, formerly called Busby MUFC now but he, he uh, tweeted something that made me smile. Um, he tweeted a, a picture of about four or five different uh, Anthony Marshall celebration celebrations when he was, you know, after scoring and it just said underneath, I love whenever um, Martial scores because in the background while he's celebrating you can always see a defender just lying on their back because of, he's turned them inside out and it is, it, it actually it's quite true isn't it, he can, he can go inside or he can go outside and, and watching him yesterday I just was really struck by how consistently he got the ball into the danger zone, uh, how consistently he was a threat, you know um, that's not a fair comparison in terms of talent but if you compare it to um you know who's our foremost crosser of the ball on the other side that's that's um uh, Antonio Valencia and he's had a fantastic season and he is improving but when you see him approaching the ball on that side of the pitch about to cross it in it's it's, it's sometimes pretty hit and miss whether he's going to necessarily you know find the right ball or find the man or what have you but you just always feel especially when Martial can isolate himself against the left back. He's he's going to get a dangerous ball in, or he's going to get a shot away, and it just seemed like such a potent threat. Um, yeah, something we were going to get onto a little bit later, but I guess it makes sense to talk about it now. Um, is the whole issue around Martial and why he hasn't been playing more? And and I guess in simple terms, how much credit can you give? Jose Mourinho for the player's current form. Um, there's there's a couple of different arguments. One of them is that Martial's head was in the shed, and you know he was underperforming. And his most recent performance against against Watford um, is evidence that supports that Mourinho was doing the right thing all along, and he's now managed to get some good form out of him. Um, the other end of the spectrum of argument um, is that he was always in good form. He shouldn't have really been dropped. He was our best player last season and you know Mourinho has merely succeeded in getting the same form out of him that he had last year anyway. So, And the spectrum, there's every argument in between um, and it seems to be all anybody ever talks about. So we might as well talk about it as well. Ha- Harriet, what, what, can you make any sense of what's going on? Um, well, after the whole game, um, I had this discussion that it, it seemed like it was... Um, Mourinho was hanging him out to dry a bit um, because it, it felt like his form hadn't been so diabolical that he deserved to be 
not playing, uh, not even getting off the bench in, in some in some cases. Um, but I mean, he's the two opportunities he's had in in recent weeks against Wigan and against Watford. He's absolutely shown. He's he's proven Mourinho to Mourinho that he can do it. Um, I mean, I I said this to to you when we were chatting the other day that um, it was an interesting documentary. <laughs> Apologies for this. I'll wash my mouth afterwards with John Terry and Stephen Gerrard on BT Sport. Um, uh, I hate hate myself for having to say that. But where John Terry said that um, when he was injured, uh, Mourinho didn't talk to him at all. Like until he knew that he could play, play him again. Um, So that was an interesting little insight into how Mourinho is if he if you're in his plans or if you're not in his plans um, and how he manages different personalities. Cause he definitely has, Mourinho definitely has his men um, that I imagine, you know, I mean, John Terry was definitely one of his men. Um, so for him not to talk to him at all, like completely blank him just because he got injured, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, but it's, it that's, that's his management style and it seems to be doing, it has done him wonders in the past and John Terry didn't take it personally. Um, whether Anthony Marshall, I mean, he's still a young lad and whether he, early on in the season, he might not have taken that particularly well. If he wasn't doing what he was being asked to do, um, not, you know, tracking back and not doing his job and Mourinho wasn't seeing what he wanted from him, then perhaps that was the kind of treatment that he was getting. Um, and I imagine he didn't really react well to that, uh, having been, as we said, our best our best player last season. So I I don't know. It's um, Mourinho's man management has long been an issue that people debate, um, more so than people used to debate with Fergie. Because I imagine, I mean, they have a lot of similarities uh, in the way that they probably uh, manage egos and manage um, players when they get a bit ahead of themselves, maybe. Um, so. I don't know. I'm going off on a massive tangent here. I'm waffling. Apologies. <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay um, that I, we've made a, <laughs> a career out of waffling on, on podcasts. Well, that's, You've just that's joined true. the party quite recently, that's all. I have. Um, yeah, <laughs> indeed. But, so, I mean, yeah. like you said, Marshall is is now, I think, I think we'd all agree that he is earning his place. Um, and I think if he was to lose it against St. Tetian, I think that would be harsh, a harsh, very harsh decision. And I think it would be detriment to our performance as well I think uh, given the absolute fear that he struck into defenders yesterday um, and the confidence that he would have gained from an assist and a goal um, it's it would be wise to uh, who am I to tell Mourinho what to do but I think it would be wise for him to stay in the starting 11. Oh yeah not fair play well, that's very humble I don't I'm not sure we myself and Rich will be able to match that level of humility when it comes to telling Mourinho what to do but we'll give it a go <laughs> um I think what's undeniable if you look at Mourinho's track record is is he definitely thrives on using conflict to create a, a kind of a siege mentality. And, and you know, critics or, or not even critics, just observers have said that if he cannot find a natural starting point for that conflict, he's, he's not afraid to create it himself for his own purposes. And I mean, like the caveat to all of this is we, we really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. It could be that Martial is an absolute wreck over everything that's happening in his personal life. And Mourinho's been protecting him. It could be that he's treating him terribly. It could be anything in between. Um, but what is quite interesting is if you look at 
his time at Real Madrid and his second spell at Chelsea, um, he does have a tendency to to play a bit of a political game in the dressing room, and it's quite interesting. I mean, let let's be honest. Uh, Juan Mata has improved as a player in terms of his all-round work ethic over the last couple of years and is very different from the player that Mourinho sold. Um, and, and in many ways, he doesn't have the luxury of trying to get rid of Juan Mata at the moment. But he he got rid of Juan Mata at Chelsea, even though Juan Mata was the team's best player for a couple of years before that. And, and in the same way, he made very public enemies and public examples of the likes of Iker Casillas and Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid. And you sort of go, is there a bit of a tendency to just go after the biggest dog in the yard as well? I mean, he comes to United and, you know, the biggest dog in the yard personality-wise is probably Wayne Rooney. But Wayne Rooney is a bit of a, a docile, old, golden retriever now, isn't he? He's going to play ball with whatever Rooney wants. Um, but... If you're looking, he's looking at Martial, who was by far and away our best player last season, and thinking, right, I need to establish some dominance here. But I could be reading too much into it. Um, it's not two absolute truths. You have two two ends of the spectrum. One saying that Mourinho needs to be given all the credit, and the other one saying that Martial was always in the form of his life, and Mourinho just mistreated him. Rich, what are your thoughts on on the whole situation? You can have exactly the same debate over Mkhitaryan, can't you? Um. He the the early early signs when we saw him. I mean, I remember particularly when he came on as a substitute at Hull when we were chasing the game, and he he you know I thought he put in a really impressive shift. He was immediately dribbling the ball through the middle of the pitch, past players, creating, um, getting in good position for chances. You know, he really had made a good impact as a cameo. Um, and then he had the city forty five minutes, and then he was gone. And it's interesting that I was talking to when I was uh, talking to Miguel, Miguel Delaney last week. He was basically saying that. Um, Mourinho has this tendency for players that aren't giving him exactly what he wants. He he just uses the stick, um, and his and his kind of thought pattern behind that is I'm going to whack them over the head with the stick a lot, and then if they come out fighting and give, start giving me what, what they want, what I want, then job done. But if they don't, then I don't want them anymore. Um, and we were debating as to whether that was really the way to motivate all players, because. You've always got the. I mean, we don't know Anti Martial as a person. We, we all sort of surmise that we we just kind of know these footballers, but we don't. Um, he seems like a pretty quiet lad and um, quite quite reserved off the pitch. And you know, so I just get the impression that some players just sometimes need an arm around them. Um, but and you know, who's to say if Mkhitaryan hadn't continued to play after the City game that his form wouldn't have picked up and he'd have hit the heights he has now? We just don't know. It's an unknown. And the same, the same applies with Martial. But I just, I do think there is this concern that every player he doesn't know how to use the carrot at all, and every player who's not giving him exactly what he wants, he'll he'll beat them senseless. But if you do, if you are doing the things that he wants you to do, even if you're not doing them very well, then you'll be retained. You know, with the, a good example is Rashford on the left, which really hasn't worked as a starter all season. But he persisted with him because Miguel said, you know, he's given he's given him what he wants. He's listening to instructions and following it exactly. He's doing the things in training that he wants him to do. So he he kept picking him there rather than um, putting somebody into the team who he perceived wasn't wasn't doing exactly what he wanted him to do. So he could be quite hard line in those um, in that sense. But then the other side of Mourinho, which is he he can be very pragmatic as well, and. You know, a good a good example is Schweinsteiger, and although I'm sure he'll still get rid of Schweinsteiger at the first opportunity, 
he 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 cast him out, but then he saw he saw a need for, uh, he saw use for him, and so to he, to a degree he's brought him back in back into the fold, and he's done that with several players. You know, it was, it was assumed and reported that that well, first of all, you know, Matter was was going to be sold, and then Rocco wasn't wanted. Um, you know, Jones is pretty much out in the cold, and then these guys have come and come and actually shown him that they can give him what he wants, and he's he's brought them back in again. So, um, but I, I do think there's, I do think he doesn't know how to use the carrot, as you said, and some there may be some players that just aren't able to react to being repeatedly whacked around the head with a stick. Yeah, um, it, it, it is interesting because um, it kind of harks back a little bit to. Um, if you hear the kind of reporting and tales that have been going on um, in, uh, recently enough about um, Kevin De Bruyne's time at Chelsea and and Kevin De Bruyne's camp position on it is is very much one of well look I, I felt that there wasn't trust given for me you know I felt that the manager didn't rate me and I was never really given a chance and and Mourinho's position on it was you know there's talk of you know well I, he didn't show me what. I wanted and you know he had his chance but he didn't take it and he's only started he only started like three games in that first spell um I, but also quite tellingly and I'm sure people correct me if I'm wrong but I also believe he commented on the player just coming to his office and crying and he need him needing to see more of a mature kind of approach from him than that which would suggest that the more introverted players that do need an arm around the shoulder more than a kick up the backside, uh, he he doesn't really know how to play it. Um, and the thing is, I'm sure it will probably all work out now. The the Watford game would suggest that whatever's come before now, um, Martial's got the bit between his teeth again now. I'm just I'm not personally so comfortable with the notion that Martial's current form justifies the way Mourinho has been treating him, uh, and I'm not sure you can say, you know. The treatment has caused the form. I think it, it might be a little bit circumstantial, um, but whatever the reason, it's good to see Martial doing well again. Um, let, let's talk about something happy for a second. Uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Uh, he's quickly evolved into one of our most important players, hasn't he? It's uh, it's kind of a joy to behold. He, he and in many ways, uh, and I'm just kind of throwing it out here as a statement now. I think his rise to prominence and and the the dynamic that he gives the team. And the dimension that he gives the team, it's almost like, right, we finally don't need Rooney anymore. And and I'm not going to unpack it any more than that, but does, do you guys have any thoughts on him? His creativity uh, level, like we've spoken about earlier, is just, he sees things that others don't. And that's that's the thing, I think, that sets um, sets him apart. Um, and he's like his goal against Leicester uh, as well, the speed with which he can really turn it on, see that, seize that opportunity, like, nipping past the centre back. Um it's I mean that that's the kind of thing that Rooney used to do. That he he would he would have got halfway and fallen over or, you know, tried to chip the keeper from a ridiculous uh, way out like he always likes to try. But McTaren was just direct to the point, right, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm confident in my abilities. I'm gonna absolutely have this. Um and yeah, I mean it's he is like you said, Kev, he's just a he's just a joy to watch. Um, it's, there's al- almost that kind of um, anticipation in the crowd when he, whenever he's on the ball, no matter where he is, you just you, you just don't know what he's going to do, and you know the touch as well. It's just yeah, I love love watching him. Like Rooney with the ball at his feet facing goal used to be incredibly dangerous, and look, nobody blames him for not being that player anymore. But 
I think even well into the kind of decline of Rooney's career, there was almost collectively like an anxiety about him not being involved i think over the last couple of years it's probably been replaced with just sheer frustration that he's still involved but if you look at the initial couple of years of his decline um i guess uh the first year david moyes and 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 maybe van hall's first year and and it was almost like but he is our it player you know he is our our superstar he is the player that we look to to do something magic and and it might be more sporadic and and more space between each time he does it than before but still he is the player that can do something from nothing and yeah it's in terms of the kind of number 10 role or I guess the deep lying forward role or or just the ability to pick up the ball in the final third and and turn and face goal and and do something decisive with it um, yeah, I, I do see an association between the rise of, of Henrik Mkhitaryan and how comfortable he now looks in a red shirt and us finally being able to release some pressure from Rooney as much as anything. I mean, it's not a spiteful thing. It's just, uh, you know, an acknowledgement to the fact that he can't be that player for us anymore. Um, Rich, final word on Mickey. I think there's two things that I really love about him. One is, is his, his acceleration and... Um, and dribbling with the ball at his feet, I, he he kind of glides with the ball in a way that I haven't really seen a United player do since since Giggs retired. There's just it just feels like the ball is just attached to his foot, and he's just you know he's just running, just gliding across the across the, the turf. And the other thing is just his vision. He's a player who looks at times as if he's seeing everything in slower motion than we are, um, or the, than most of the other players on the pitch are. He he sees things that I mean the number of the number of times he's picked up the ball and, and headed for goal and 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 essentially nutmegged a defender and just run past him, you know. And this this defender's running at full pace. It's almost as if he can see the legs going in slow motion. He's just going to nick it through and just carry on. Um, and he's just got a bit of everything, hasn't he? He's he he can he can dribble, he can create, he can score. He's just he's just kind of the modern all round um, attacking midfielder. And as you say, you know he's played most of his games on on the right, but he looks like he could be a really effective, effective number ten because he's got that ability as well to run beyond um, Ibrahimovic, who himself is pretty good at knocking things down and holding the ball up and bringing others into play. And with, yeah, exactly. But he he looks like he might be a good foil for Ibrahimovic, even when Ibrahimovic is having one of his more flaky days. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think something United have been lacking for some years now, even into the final years of Sir Alex's reign, really since Ronaldo left, if we're honest, is, is a player that is capable and willing to make vertical movements, run directly at goal in central areas. Um, it feels like we've been in, in that final third that we've been passing the ball sideways for about six years now. And it's... Obviously, that's a huge generalization, but I mean, it seems like we get to a certain point, and then the only way we know how to get it into the box is by putting it out wide. And if the cross isn't available, it goes back into the middle, then it goes out wide again. And it's even something we saw in you know those kind of last years of skulls as well. It was it was very much a out to the to the right. Can we get across? Okay, cut it back. Out to the left. Can we get across? No. And it's. I thought Shinji Kagawa was going to be the answer to it at the time, but we almost didn't know how to facilitate him, and he also didn't cope too well with the league and a whole other convergence of circumstances. But this ability to take the ball, turn and face the goal, and and have players ahead of him, but be confident to get past him. But also, he's not he's not a typical 
yeah, not a typical kind of player that you would call like a dribbling player. But yeah, no, he's he's just very fleet footed. Um, so it is really really pleasing to see somebody be able to offer something a little different to everything else we have. So it's 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 really quite good. Um, Rich, you mentioned Zlatan. Um, if I could think of one word to describe Saturday, it would probably be omni shambles as far as uh, Zlatan is concerned. Um. I, I, it's probably the most frustrating game I've ever seen him have a, a genuine 2 out of 10 performance uh, in a red shirt I think um, he he just seemed to be getting in the way of everybody that was doing well it's difficult because on, on the one hand he has been our own, only regular source of goals this season and when he's been on it he's he scored some you know very difficult goals very important goals and from that perspective, I can see why Mourinho doesn't like to substitute him, and I've I've made I've made the point about his general performances on Twitter before, and the and the the, the argument you get back is well he almost always does something, and you know ultimately on uh, Saturday he assisted Martial's goal, um, but he does have these games where he nothing sticks to him, I think his pass completion was about sixty five percent on Saturday, so he was essentially just tossing the ball back um one in three times he picked it up and it just it just wasn't wasn't happening for him and the, the problem the problem then is that everything breaks down when it gets to him um and it does it, it can affect us going forward i mean fortunately we, we had so many out we were attacking for so many angles on, on saturday it didn't really matter um but he's a conundrum because you know what do you do he's a he scored 20 goals he's our best goal scorer he can create he can do something even when he's playing incredibly badly and you know the alternative is is Rashford we don't have a a top class alternative to him as well so to a degree I think at the moment we have to suffer his um we have to suffer his inadequacies maybe that's that's harsh (laughs) but not not but we have to suffer his 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 poorer traits for the sake of his what you said (laughs) (laughs) for the sake of his for the sake of his better traits which are really good traits you know it's it's a difficult one we he's such a classy player and there's so many positive aspects to his game but he just can be very frustrating and he was at times on Saturday I think it's very much a for me it's very much about the lack of competition I can't imagine it's helping him to be playing as often as he is um regardless of how well he's aged it's still he's still 35 and 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 Yes, he he's reached twenty goals, and and that's incredible. It's probably by virtue of been having played about eighty games by February. You know, it's and and in many ways, in the last days of Ruud van Nistelrooy at United, his goal scoring never diminished, but his his ability to be a positive influence on a changing and shifting team uh, was significant, and and in the end. The boss decided to go with Saha in the latter half of the 2005-2006 campaign because whilst he would probably never get have the same goal per minutes ratio as Van Nistelrooy did, he was a goal-scoring threat who also brought others into the game and he was a better foil for a developing Ronaldo and you know the rest of the team that was starting to play in a different way than he had uh, for the years previously, and you know, it it, it we, Van Nistelrooy left and went on to be one of the best goal scorers in Europe for Real Madrid. So, it, but we went on to win the Champions League. So, it's it is quite interesting because Zlatan is unquestionably the best striker we've had since Van uh, since Van Persie left. 
um, or since Van Persie's first season. But in many ways, the amount of chances he misses is incredible. Um, I mean, if we ha- are now creating more chances than anybody else in the top six, yet our chance conversion is subsequently one of the worst in the top six, that points to a fundamental issue in the striker department, right? And and it's not fair to lay all the blame on his shoulders, and, and there's not an easy answer for this. I don't know what the answer is. But I think if there was a bit of competition there, whether it was to give Zlatan a rest or whether it was for him to know that if his form didn't keep up, he wouldn't be in the team anymore, then I just see that as a healthy thing. Harriet, what's your take? Yeah, I think well, I think any decent striker needs needs a bit of competition to keep on their game. And Zlatan, um, despite the ego, I think he would he'd agree with that. Um, and like you said about the, the misses yesterday, some of them were just abysmal. Um, but I mean, he gets himself in the, himself in those positions, like the one he took down on his chest and then just blazed over the bar. I mean, not many players in our squad could take that down and wallop it in the back of the net he he gets himself in positions where he creates opportunities for himself which you know okay yeah then he might miss a few um but like you said already as well it, even if he's having an absolute turd of a game he can you know again create havoc bring players into the game even get a little knockdown for for some of the runners that we've we've now got um you know in, in Marshall um a Mkhitaryan and it's a difficult one I mean obviously we'd like we'd like there to be a bit more competition um and a, a few more options if if uh things aren't going to plan with Zlatan up there but um we kind of have to make make the most of what we've got and I wouldn't mind seeing Rashford giving a go up up like through the middle up, up the top but I'm not convinced that he would be as effective as Latin is bringing it and holding the ball up uh, with his back to goal, he's great when he's facing goal and taking running at defenders and scaring the life out of them. But um, I think at the moment with that setup with Latin and um, the way where his strength is with his back to goal as well and being able to absolutely bully defenders um, that are going to come clattering into him, um, I think we've we've got to stick with him. Obviously, I mean. Um, yeah, and it's but, it's it's probably just a thing of peaks and troughs, isn't it? I mean, it it's like yeah. the nursery rhyme says. He, I mean, he doesn't have a curl in the middle of his forehead, but when he is good, he is very <laughs> very good, and when he is bad, he is horrid. Um, yeah. So yeah. Ewan, Ewan's I never going to let me on the podcast again for that. Now, um, <laughs> I think I think but, one of the I think one of the thing with Ibrahimovic as well is that because we haven't been scoring enough goals from elsewhere in the team, his misses have tended to be more costly. Yeah, that's um, true. No, that's yeah. You know, when he's had when he's having an off day, we notice him more because others haven't been doing their jobs um, finishing either. And and you know, is to a degree we let off matter if he misses one or whoever because ultimately they're not a striker. And we say, well, Ibrahimovic should be scoring his because he's a forward. Um, I think if the rest of the team were chipping in, and maybe they are now. Maybe we're back into a stage where they're going to do that. But if the rest of the team are chipping in as they were on Saturday, it doesn't matter so much. It need, needn't be quite as much of a talking point when he does have off days like like he did on uh, the weekend yeah no that's, that's fair true enough. and also also when he's had when he's had one of those nightmares he usually comes back and uh then has an absolute stormer against someone whether that's either one game or two games afterwards it he doesn't usually take him too long to pick back up again so hopefully <laughs> yeah, well, just I in think, time for the league cup final 
Okay, so yeah, just bringing on to a, a, I guess a general um, question about our season is is how do, how would you measure success this year? What would you consider to be a successful season? Um, I think in terms of the football and the improvement in football, it's probably fair to say that that's been a success in terms of just general improvement from what Van Hall had us doing. But yeah, Harriet, what what for you? constitute a successful season come june oh what a question um (laughs) good job i gave you time to think about it right yeah thanks thanks pal um i think obviously like you said the the quality of the football is so far um so superior to to the type of football we've been playing the last couple of years um i think the frustration is now coming with us not putting teams away uh, when, like you're saying, we've been missing chances, and okay, every now and then we'll wallop four past the team, but it's not like we've been in years gone by. We would be doing that every other week, um, and it's not like when we've been having um, matches where we've drawn nil nil that we haven't been making those opportunities. Because sometimes, you know, that just happens. The frustration is that we have been making those chances and we've just not put them away and not buried them. Um, so if we can kind of keep on this trajectory of, you know, being unbeaten in the league, what is it now? Um, and in all competitions, 16, 16 matches. Um, then I think, you know, top four is, I mean, we were written off. We've been written off more times than I've had hot dinners. I think I wrote us off about three weeks ago. So that, you know, there we are. For top four. So, I mean, I did as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pessimists. Um, obviously, if we get into the top four, we're gonna it's gonna be a successful season because it's not just the fact that we get back into the Champions League, um, but we also then got a better bargaining position for summer transfers, which I think Mourinho is quite obviously already thinking about. Um, so we just need to to really knuckle down and start bearing the chances and take and relieve the pressure, like we've just been saying, um, relieve the pressure off of Zlatan. Because we need to be. I mean, if he gets an injury, um, don't then don't just don't. You know, I mean, um, <laughs> come on, dramas, Rich, dramas. Rich, Rich same <laughs> question, mate. How, how would you measure what would constitute a successful season for you? I think that I think we have to get top four. I I, I think that was the base requirement at the start of the season. I think Mourinho would admit that himself. That you know, Champions League is an absolute must for this for this team. And I don't think even he'd argue that with the the money that's been spent on it and the talent we've got, we should we should be getting in the top four. And we you know we may well do that now. Um, and you know I think the the, the runs the League Cup final are a bonus. And if we had runs in the the other two cups, that would be that would be another bonus as well. And I think that would be a that would be a pretty acceptable season um, from where you know from where we started. And so obviously with the 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 added um, bonus of the fact that the football is a lot more, a lot more watchable now, even if it's not quite as frustrating, but can be as can be pretty frustrating at times. But so yeah, I think I think top four and top four and decent running the cups is would be a pretty satisfying season. But then with the caveat that that that's not that's not enough for next season, he has to move move us on from there, and we really need to be challenging for the title next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I think such has been the significant improvement in our overall play that. A return, even even though a return to Champions League football, you know, has to be the minimum requirement. Um, that paired with our improvement on the pitch would be enough 
to inspire confidence in me that we're definitely heading in the right direction. Um, Champions League football by any stretch. It'd be nice to get into the top four rather than having to win the Europa League and play another 64 games to get to the final. But um, if we can somehow pull away from the pack and, and get ourselves into kind of second place perhaps or, or you know, to finish comfortably within that top four um, would be very satisfying indeed. And, and if you put a League Cup or FA Cup or, or even Europa League trophy along with it, you say, OK, well, this is about as successful a season as you could imagine short of winning the title. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting um, because right now we're in sixth, but we're two points off second. And I'm not sure that pack is going to separate out too much because it's remarkable how much of the season has already gone. We're going to blink and it's going to be over. Okay, well, that is almost uh, just about all the time we have tonight, guys. But let's very quickly talk about some Europa League. Um, where does it rank in terms of priority? We've got San Etienne on tonight at Old Trafford. Um, you know, obviously, the, the sense is in the league that every single point is going to matter. I don't think there's going to be much opportunity to, to drop points and then be able to gain that ground back. Um Rich, where would you prioritise the Europa League in terms of just effort? Uh, because uh, we probably don't have the squad to get to the end of the season being successful on all four fronts. It's a difficult one for Mourinho because, as you say, if we miss the, uh, if we do miss top four and we're no, by no means certain to get in there, then you know ultimately we have to get be getting into the Champions League and the Europa League is the other way to do that. So we're not in a position of strength where we can we can essentially put that push that to the back and prioritize other competitions uh, hugely i mean he's got the you know he's got the league cup final coming up as well so it's not like we've got any games where he can really completely switch off and have a rest and it doesn't matter too much um i i think he'll play a pretty strong team i, I think we'll see a few changes it wouldn't surprise me if we saw saw lingard come in and um probably fellaini or whatever but i think he'll think that if we if we make three or four changes we could still beat saint etienne at home um but I mean, we've seen in all competitions he, he's he's played pretty strong teams in every competition we played in. You were saying about Zlatan having played so many games. Well, you know, he's he's played games that perhaps he didn't need to. And it's obvious Mourinho just, he, he he's more interested in winning than, uh, I mean, he's got, he's got an absolutely incredible record in the league, in the league cup. I forget how many finals, three or four finals with Chelsea. And I think he just has this thing where he, he can't not try and win a game. <laughs> Um, and I think he will just throw whatever he's got within the within the the realms of pe- the players' fitness and their their general well-being. But I think he'll throw whatever he's got at any game that we have, and I think he'll play a pretty strong team on on Thursday. What have we got? Thirteen games left in the league, and and you know it, it could literally come down to one or two points. You know, by the time we get to the end of the season, for me, you you prioritize those thirteen games, and everything else is secondary. Um. I mean, fair enough, let's win the League Cup, hopefully. Um, you know, that's not, at this point, it's not that much more of, of a, an effort on the legs to play one more game in that, but I, I certainly wouldn't be prioritising the FA Cup or the Europa League over the league at the moment. Well, no, I don't think uh, any competition uh, should ever take priority over the league. Um, so, but I, I I hate hearing fans saying, oh, it's only the Europa League, it's only this. It's, it's like, well... You're in a trophy. You have the opportunity to win a trophy and start building. So this is a new, relatively new kind of collection of players all together that individually, yes, they have uh, trophy winning experience, but they don't together. So to try, if we want to build on, on a, you know, a basis of success from this season, then we have to go all out and try and win all the trophies that we're in. And 
the added carrot to this one is that you get Champions League qualification if you win the thing. Um, so, I mean, I'm not throwing away the FA Cup, nor am I throwing away the, the League Cup. Um, but it would come, it would be Premier League, then Europa League for me. Um, because of that, uh, that simple thing. And also, Mourinho has proven himself in um, the UEFA Cup uh, and then the Champions League. And again, like you said, he's got success, um, a phenomenal record in the in the League Cup. So he values that that success mentality. You shouldn't ever be entering a competition thinking, oh, it's only this. Oh, no, we're not bothered about that. It's all about the league. Yeah, no, a, a really sort of compelling uh, argument for uh, the instilling of a culture of winning. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with how it would be good to win them all. Um, but, yeah, that, that's about all the time we have tonight, guys. Harriet and Rich, thank you so much for joining me. And, guys, thank you for tuning in to listen. Uh, don't forget, we uh, recently did some interviews with uh, Musa Okwanga uh, from ESPN and also Miguel Delaney, uh, who's chief sports writer at The Independent. Uh, those are both available for you to listen on SoundCloud or on iTunes or, or pretty much any uh, podcast aggregator that you can find. Any good one anyway. Also, don't forget to go and check out redvoices.net. Uh, you'll see regular contact content on there from us, including the very popular Week at United that comes from uh, from Rich each uh, each week. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Do check out redvoices.net. Uh, if you'd like to donate and help us keep the lights on, uh, you'll see some options to do that there as well. Uh, but for now, it is good night from me and it is good night from Rich and Harriet.